The lights come up. The camera focuses. You are somewhere in between and the reality of your life is on show. We feel compelled to put on a show and give a pleasing performance all the time. And on the stage of life sometimes, it's filled with some award-winning performances that most will never get to see on stage. Sometimes, not all of our stories are all glamour. I'm Philip Clark, and I want you to join me today as we unearth the many roles of actors, teachers, singers, artists, lawyers, writers, and much more as they share their journey and the lessons learned on that journey. Welcome to Lights, Camera, Real Life. Chris? I'm hearing you. <laughs> We're there. We are eh? We're there, man. man. Me like how you, yeah. me like how you have your Johnny thing live in the background there. Me love it. Yeah, me have to make sure so I get something out of the interview. You know, me I... Say <laughs> for the free interview. Me decide to know I get something. <laughs> no problem. No problem. You, you, you are the, you are the businessman. You know, you are the businessman, the artist and the businessman. A combination yes. that we don't get every day. No, and, and, and it is a combination that is well needed in the business. Absolutely. Absolutely. Because you can't really survive these days without, you know, looking at it as a business. Absolutely. Absolutely. And uh, the way how things are going now and the way how things have changed, one has to be versatile, which is interesting that tonight we're talking about roles and the many roles that we play, but there are many lessons that we learn from those roles. And... It struck me that, you know, many of us are not actors. You know, many of us who are going to be listening to this program may not be even actors. But nonetheless, we play many roles in our lives and we don't get to hear those stories, you know. Mm -hmm. So we're not going to talk so much about Chris the actor. But of course, we have to talk about Chris the actor because it's part and parcel of who Chris is. No, sir? Right. Yeah. Or maybe have one nice introduction plan for you, Chris. Someone want to read it, you see? <laughs> since, you, since you work hard for it, go on, read it. A man who has worn many hats, some of which we will hear about tonight. Actor, comedian, father, husband, director, producer, among many others. His transition from boyhood to manhood is a tapestry of what I call what it means to continue in the path of the likes of Miss Lou, Charles Hyatt, Oliver Samuels. His contribution to the creative industry must not be unsung. And so tonight, we're going to listen to his song, No, Christian Argo Sing. But we're going to listen to your version, your life. Welcome to Lights, Camera, Real Life, Chris. Thank yeah. you. It's a pleasure to be here. Thank you so much, sir, for that yeah, wonderful introduction. Um, I hope I can live up to it. So, ah, man, what is a good chat, man? Yeah, Guys, man. if you're just joining, we are interviewing one of my friends and colleagues in the entertainment industry, and uh, his name is Chris Johnny Daly. Some of you might know him as a comedian, but tonight we're going to talk about. What are some of the lessons that we would have learned in role playing, you know, and not just on the stage, but off stage? What are some of those things that we can learn that everybody can learn? So, Chris, may I get straight into it? Right. The, the Chris from 20 years ago, because I know that, Chris, you have been involved in theater entertainment for over 20 years. Yes. The Chris today is not the Chris that was then. So I, I found your topic very interesting. I found the way you posed the question interesting. And because you asked me to have a real conversation, mm -hmm. um, I found that even though you said role play, I tend to look at it a little bit differently. Okay. Um, so, I mean, and you're free to call it that. I'm, I'm just calling it like a phase, because you have phases and stages, right? Ah. 
um, because all of all of my experiences are, are part of me and all of my lessons um, and my journey it has, has made me who I am today. And so I don't necessarily look at my life in those stages as roles that I have played, but rather the, 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 the way in which I had to grow, yeah. adapt, transform, being impacted by time, Right. Um, and so, honestly, I am. No, I am not the same person I was twenty years ago, for sure. So, but, so mm -hmm. but I am still a version of that person. Yeah. When you started in Lime Tree Lane, I go back beyond thirty years. <laughs> <laughs> yeah. Did you? Had, did you have any idea that you would be doing this today? No. Um, I mean, I've been through the stage where, I mean, quite frankly, I was going to be a, a, a journalist full-time. A journalist. Um, yeah. Um, and I like journalism, actually. Um, I like news and behind the scenes. I like the production of news and so that was a journalist time, and there was a time when I was actually looking at law um, as a possibility, as a as a thing that I could right. take on as well. And those right. were, I guess, in, the, in my teenage years when I was looking at facing CXCs, and I was thinking about what what parts could I take. No, absolutely not. Um, mm. there was so what changed? Where, sorry. What changed? Well. Like I said, I mean, I was doing the arts and, and, and being the actor and expressing myself in that creative form was always a part of where. Mm -hmm. But it was also the academic side um, and, and challenging myself academically. That was always something that kept knocking um, at the door. And it was always something that was being presented to you right. because people saw that promise as well, or that's that the fact that you could transition um, into journalism. So I had the skills, I had the the the, the, or, the, the or, or, oratoric skills. Oratoric skills. Yes. Um, I was already practicing as a thespian and doing speech and drama. And I was always vocal and passionate. And so people felt that I could be a lawyer, you know, I could defend people in, in cases I was always involved in some kind of delay mm -hmm. anyway in the school uh, and I like words and so I, I tried to you know use them and so that academic side was always a, a, an option mm -hmm. um, and, and I did take it at, at a point there's a lot of things I hope people don't know um, but I always loved performing I always loved being on the stage I always loved what does it do for you? You know, my the way I got involved in it, things happen so quickly. Mm -hmm. When I went, as long as I can remember, I've been on the bubble in terms of it's I really give thanks because things happen for me very quickly. Like for instance, I I moved from being a community um respected our love, youth, our energy. Um, people in the community realized I was quick-witted. So I was being given, you know, people just stop me on a dime and say, sing this song for me or perform for me. Um, because they knew that I could. Uh, and that transition to, I was in the drama club for the very first time at my primary school. And the very first production that I did, one goal, and, and I won a scholarship to drama school that summer. And at that summer, in that summer, I met um, a lady that would change the course of my life for the rest of my life. Mm -hmm. You know, Melita Samuels. Um, and she was the writer for Lime Tree Lane. And she, right. she, at the time, and this is what she revealed to me, that at the time she was looking for that little character, something else to add to this. Hmm. Um, original, authentic Jamaican situation mm -hmm. did come. Mm -hmm. I was looking for something. And there I was with my little energy, 
at the place giving a whole heap of trouble. I was a real troublemaker at drama school. Um, and I ended up going in her class because I was so quick-witted and just so fast. And it was like, I was in the class with some younger kids, but they were too slow for me. And they had to put me in the bigger class because I was, I was there. I was already doing improvs and mm-hmm. when that was. A lot of this came naturally to me. And, and I truly believe that I'm on the path that I was destined to be on. Okay. It took a while for me to get there, to believe uh, that. Uh, but, but now I believe that. So even though you naturally felt like this is what you were inclined to do, it took a while for you to get there. But let me ask yeah. something. What lesson would you have learned from pre-Lime Tree Lane, going into Lime Tree Lane, as to, okay, this is what I need to do? What would have taught you that? Pre-Lime Tree Lane, there was nothing that could... Um, could have prepared me for what Lanchlane's experience would have been. Um, I was literally um, the average inner city child growing up in um, Kingston at a time when you were just enjoying yourself. We were, I was just a young youth living like every other youth. We were playing football in the dirt and, and, and just, you know, dancing in the rain kind of vibe. Um, going to the, the same primary school that all the community kids went to, which was the same primary school. Um, I mean, halfway through primary school, it, it was a, a bit of a soft, sought after type of thing. But it was the same primary school my neighbor's kids were going to. Mm-hmm. Um, and we just, I just knew, like, when I got into drama club, the drama club, um, and then I wasn't, the drama club wasn't good enough or couldn't hold my energy. So I ended up doing the 4-H club. I ended up doing dancing, um, like dancing for festivals for the school. And what you say, Chris? Yeah, you man, I, was in, I was like head cook and buckle wash. And what you say? You were, you were what them call Nuffy? Nuffy. I was a Nuffy. <laughs> um, yeah, I was a Nuffy youth who you just couldn't get enough of. Mm-hmm. Uh, so, 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 so before Lime Tree Lane, you were carefree, energetic. Did Lime Tree Lane teach you something? Oh, Lime Tree Lane taught me quite a bit. Okay, I want to hear those things. Just life lessons um, from the cast members, um, from just being a part of this brand new world of production and television being like people don't understand like at the time JBC um in halfway tree the old JBC that's mm-hmm. now PBJ was the place for production. Right. I mean apart from CPTC, which I think I'm not sure you know what what time was the timeline for CPTC. But JBC was the Mecca and it was the only Mecca. Mm-hmm. It was where you had the one radio station, the one television station um, that was kicking it outside of RJR. Mm-hmm. And JBC was where all the, all the creatives were. There were some great people there that, that, that showed me some qualities about this world of, create, of, of being a creative television production that I got, that I, got I fell in love with. So, so, you, so you more or less learned the business then? Yeah, it was a it was a learning. It was, it was obviously a learning one for me. So imagine you were coming from an experience where you're just a kid watching TV mm-hmm. to you're now thrusted into seeing how the news was produced. So you would see um, these great people, the Tony Patels. Yeah. Um, you would see the Faye Ellingtons. The, the, right. You would see the the weatherman, um, Roy. Yeah. Um, and you would see these people on set reading the news from a teleprompter because you always felt that it was so intelligent that they take it from their brain. And you just watch all these little things, the audio, the director, or the sound man would operate, um, the, state, the, the floor manager, and you'd realize that it's a whole technical production. It's a mm-hmm. huge feat mm-hmm. just to present what people see mm-hmm. on TV. So all of that. Made and it made, you a, it made you a different person because it would have affected the way how you, one, look at the business, and two, how you even perform, and probably three, how you relate to others. How it did, did it impact you really as a businessman? In the now I'm realizing that that kind of experience, mm-hmm. what being a part of productions 
like theater for even I mean obviously I did theater while I was a teenager as well because I started doing theater at about age 13 or 14 professionally um, and that experience too was also many lessons learned because you're working with professionals like Leonie Forbes, Glenn Campbell, right. Oliver Samuels, eventually. And you, you cannot help but to learn from watching how pr productions are mounted, from the rehearsal process, from watching the set being built, what, from watching your fellow actors find these characters and, and doing the research and mm -hmm. then having good directors mm -hmm. to point you in those, in those areas that you need to go and to mm -hmm. drill you and mold you. Um, into these characters. And so after a while you develop an acumen for it, you develop an, 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 almost like a... I, I remember my being in, when I was hungry doing theater and I loved, there was a passion for theater. Mm -hmm. uh, and I, didn't even, I wasn't even thinking about stand-up comedy at that time. I used to crave roles and, and try to do different roles because I wanted to see how far I could stretch myself as a thespian. Mm -hmm. um, and I'm not sure, I, I guess a part of what I got born with in Jamaica, and I literally got born, was the fact that I kept doing the same roles. Because I'm, I consider myself as a purist when it, when it comes to acting. And mm -hmm. So you were motivated to push yourself beyond the mundane. When you look at theatre today, and uh, you look at where you're coming from, is there anything that you would like to share or like to say in terms of Okay, this is what I have learned, and this is what I'd love to pass on. Is there anything? I've learned lessons, many lessons. Some of them hard lessons. Like, I think Jamaicans, the Jamaican theater community, really haven't learned the lessons of unity and what true unity can um, can do. Mm -hmm. And I've seen pockets of it. I've seen pockets of when you know, a group of people come together and they make something happen, and it's usually nice and glorious. You know, but it's but it's for that group of people. Mm -hmm. And even though some companies have successfully made it a business and are, and are sharing our culture across the globe, it's really a few that even get a chance to do that. I think mm -hmm. we failed in the fact that we have not been able to organize ourselves into a proper group union that's represented, that is structured, that protects each other. I think we have failed in making just the, the back-end work. Yeah. Back-end work. Yeah. Because we're good at the production side of things. We're yeah. good at dancing and singing and those things. But what, what happened to the, to the production side and the back-end work? What happened to protecting people's creative work, protecting um, your, your image, protecting your voice, mm -hmm. what happens to building the business side of the, the business, which is having proper managers and people who know how to manage, yeah. business people who know how right. to sell and sales people who know how to sell a play, right. the business side of the world. Yeah. Yeah. We have neglected all of that. Because we have neglected all of that, mm. we're, no, we're not left just being companies. You're a company over here. You're a company over there and you survive or you die. Um, and, I, I, and that's crazy. Okay, Let, let's take it out, you know, into real life now, you know. Uh, uh, really real life. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> I know we have several challenges, but, you know, you have, you've gone through several phases of your life, as you said, you know, several yeah. stages, several phases. At one point in time, you had locks. No, you don't have locks, you know. And you were a, a different person at that point in time. But all of us go through difficult times. I was that different person. I just think that was my journey. Like, I really honestly think that don't ever, ever, ever. Yeah. I tell my children this. Yeah. Don't restrict yourself um, from exploring something. If you, if you truly feel like this is what you need to do. Um, or you want to find out about something and you've questioned yourself and you've said, self, am I going to be comfortable doing this? Is this something that I think I want to do? And you're, you're burning to do it. Like, if you don't do this, you're not going to. 
be able to move on. Excellent from. point. Let me just remind everybody who is on. We're talking to Johnny Daly. And Johnny yeah, just no, make no. a fantastic point a while ago. And we're talking about life lessons learned yes. from the roles that we play. And Johnny is now making a valid point that, listen, if you feel like you want to do something, yes. explore the thing if you want explore. But give me an example, John, of what well, you think. I mean, you've mentioned my hair. You know, and, and, and I'm not talking necessarily about anything that some people mind crazy, right? Because we can't yeah. talk. And, but I'm literally talking about things like hair. So I know that at the time when I decided to grow my locks, that Rastafarian culture is a deep part of who Jamaicans are. And it's also a deep part of my culture because I am a black man and I am a part of this race. And I'm, I have been molded by Jamaicans and Africans and all of this history that has, is a part of my makeup and DNA. So it was even far-fetched for me to say, me ever grow me here or me like Rasta. Me always like the culture. Yes. It's a part of who I am. Yes. I'm a cultural being. So when I was in the UK, um, there was a point when I was in the UK a lot doing some productions. And, and I, 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 want, I started twisting my hair. That's how it started. I twisted my hair in the UK at a regular shop, a salon. And the twist, you know the regular twist? With mm. one it, right. It stayed in. It stayed in. I, I liked it, so I, I kept it in for a while. In fact, I kept it in and kept going back, and she kept twisting it. And it grew. And I liked how it looked. And by the time I got back to Jamaica, my partner at the time was now a consultant for Sister Locks. And now she was telling me, oh, there's also Brother Locks. So I'm saying, oh, you know, like my twist. And then she said, no, never twist it. Never, never do it for you because she used my hair as practice. Right. And she practiced. At the time, I wasn't doing any, I was, I was into, into the arts doing my plays. And, and I was already Johnny. And right. my brand was building. And I liked the image. And at the time, Cashpot, which was one of the brands I was working with, didn't have a problem with the image either. And so I kept growing my hair. And that experience opened up a whole new world for me because it was like two different worlds, right? So Jamaicans are so passionate about everything. Mm -hmm. so they can't go here without being a Rasta in Jamaica. I never did know that. I didn't even know who to rule it right. Who did write the rule And <laughs> somebody I'm <laughs> going to sit down and book. Nobody ever tell me, I can't grow my hair without being a Rasta. Never grow my hair. So, 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 Johnny, are you telling me that you make rules for your life and you are bad by your rule? But you must. Mm. You must. If you are going to be a comfortable person, if you are going to um, have a, a, a mind of your own or a, some kind of space where you consider this to be my space, mm -hmm. uh, how you, I don't know anybody else, but you, sometimes you can only be king of your castle here. There's some situations where this the mind, the mind, you have to be free to think about yourself like that. Yes, yes. you know, I mean, it, it's 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 always good, and I tell people, know how to operate. You know, like give unto Caesar when it's due to Caesar. Mm -hmm. So when you're in somebody else's country or palace, and you know what the rules are, so you know what the rules are. What are the rules? Mm -hmm. How should I function in your country or in yeah. your house? Right. You function that way because. That's that's civil. That is that is how you're going to you know get. So nobody that. dictates to you how you should live your life and what you should explore or not what. Not in my do. yard. Not in my car. Not with my phone. Not with my mind. No. That's right. Twenty ten. You were in for better or for worse. You played yeah. the husband of. Uh, a, a woman, you were, I think you, you fell out of, of love in the relationship. And I, I must say that it was the first time, it's the first time I saw you in that, I was like, I was absolutely thrilled. I thought you did so well with it and you got the Best Actor Award in that year, I yes. think it was. Yes, but boy, you were playing, a, you, you, were, you, were, you weren't married yet in real life. I, I wasn't married to my wife yet. No, not my Wife, but I, 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 this is my second marriage. Oh, this is your second marriage. Okay. Yes, the first one was very short. Oh, so it ended very quickly. Yes. Okay. <laughs> what I love to know what lesson learned from that? Because there must lesson learned from that is make sure that you're not um, sexually active with somebody else before you get married. 
and that you are not um, you are not doing it without having a condom. So you see, when the baby is being born and it's not for your wife to, that you're being married to, yes, you have a problem. Mm. And I had a problem because I had I had decided that my first child, all my children, I, I was going to play a real important part in their life. Right. And so when I discovered that 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 there was a woman that was pregnant for me, um, everything changed. It was like my children became the focus. The focus. Mm. Yeah. The marriage never never worked after that. Wow. So as a husband now in your second marriage. Um, I'm sure it's a whole new ball game. I mean, you know, any any man who becomes a husband has to learn a couple of things. Can you yes. tell me just two two things that has jumped out at you, and you would like to share with other men too that are mm. crucial if you're gonna move forward? You just say a while ago, one, you know, make sure say you know you have a baby mother out there. If you're going yeah. to marry. What are some of the other things? Two other things that you would say, boy, listen to me, no one. If you're gonna do that thing, yeah. Know, where you are, know yourself. What, what, what do you say? Okay. Make sure, make sure that you're not marrying because of the sex is nice. Or you're not marrying because... You know, think about it now, I feel like at the time. It's a, it feels like a good thing to do. So, you know, I think yeah, I should do right it. Right now, it's a, it's a win. No, don't do it just like that. Don't do it just like that. Um, marriage is really a contract. It's a contract. Absolutely. And it is a contract that you should take very seriously because as, you, as your life changes, that contract remains the same. And there are things now in law that come with that kind of commitment. But there are fun things about marriage. So some people make it look like, oh my God. Mm -hmm. When I decided to get married, it was because it was the right thing to do. It was the right time. And I found the right person. Right for you means right. what? Right for you means what? what? What it means? Right for you means what? Yes. Right. When I say right person. Okay. So... I asked some important questions and I got some important matches. So one, she wasn't imposing. Mm -hmm. So we could spend a day or two or three or a week and I didn't feel like I needed to be out of her space as comfortable in her space. Mm -hmm. I'd spent the time to know what being in her space comfortably felt like. And it wasn't imposing. It wasn't intrusive. Right. Um, it felt natural. That's important. Right? Because you're going to have to live with this person. Natural chemistry. Um, yeah. So that's good. Qualities. There were some qualities that were qualities that I desired, and they were matched up. So this person was hungry for knowledge. This person was somebody who I, I enjoyed their work ethic. Mm. Not only hungry for knowledge, but the work ethic was also there. Um, the mind part of it is very important for me because I need to like your mind. Yeah. I, I need to be able to know that you're somebody who I'm, I can rely on to help me grow. Because if you can't help me grow, then what is this about? That's right. right? That's right. Um, so, like uh, many, many artists, many artists sometimes feel misunderstood by their partners and many artists tend to have uh, topsy-turvy relationships because they, they, you know we're, we're creativity you know sends us in so many different directions and we're not we're free to go beyond boundaries and to you know play our own rules yeah a lot of people i talk to always wonder boy when i'm in a relationship you know it's so essential for my partner to understand me and what I'm about as an artist. Was that a requirement for you? Because you are a creative, you know, and so that too. So I had to I had to be sure that I was with somebody who was going to facilitate my creative side. So I felt free enough to do what I wanted to do. 
Um, and my, my partner has been absolutely supportive, the most, perhaps the most supportive person in my life when it comes to my creative craziness and all the things that I want to do. Um, I have been supported 100%. Now, it's important for you to give back that kind of support. It's, it's something that must be reciprocal. Absolutely. And that's an important part of keeping, I think, the fire going. So just like how I demand a certain level of freedom. Um, and I like the fact that I don't impose or that someone, nobody imposes mm -hmm. themselves. Mm -hmm. I find that sometimes as a partner, you don't think about your partner enough. And that, to me, that's an essential thing. So sometimes I try not to impose myself. On yeah. Them. Yeah. Um, and you can tell when you can, and if that's happening, then you need to think about that because she needs her space or she needs you yeah. in her space. Right. Um, when, 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 when she does. And so you have to kind of know that. Was there, was there, was there, was there anything that you had to sort of look into yourself and say, boy, I can't be this or I can't be that way anymore because of the relationship or because of what is being demanded of me? Did, did you have to, for want of a better word, change yourself and say, okay, I, I can no longer continue to think this way or act this way? I think I've, I've mellowed over time. I think you know, I, I was always, like anybody who's going to talk to me know that I can be very spontaneous, eccentric, crazy, or serious. Like I go through waves in one day. Yeah. Um, and I think that's part of, the learning curve that, that, that we continue to go through during life. So we, we also leave room to learn about each other too. Mm -hmm. and another thing like I always say, nobody remains the same. Not even my partner will remain the same. Ah, absolutely. Always like, changing. I, yeah, always. So like a relationship too changes. It's like a house, you know. You build a brand new house. The house don't stay that way. You know what I mean? It, it's been affected by the rain, the sun, the wind. It's been affected over time. So you have to go patch up the house and pick some part and the roof might decay. And mm -hmm. the same thing as we have with the relationship. Nothing is in our block. So when I hear people say, well, how oh, this change? How you change? Everybody changes. It's about sharing. So, so we, we need to go change. into it expecting change. There must be change. Nothing stays the same. Mm -hmm. People, yeah, she might want to do this this year. Um, you all might be thinking about doing something this year mm -hmm. and you change it next year because this year mm -hmm. come my say that's not what I feel mm -hmm. like doing anymore and and that's okay if that it, I, I'm not going to be that husband but I do say no I want to say okay yeah. let's think about let's think yeah. about the change yeah. Johnny I want to talk about you as a father as a dad you know uh, guys we're talking to Johnny daily and we're talking about life lights camera real life and uh, you, the person you see in front of you is not the actor; he's the person, and he's uh, and his life. We just—I just learned today that you know he he's been married twice. I mean, I didn't know that, you know. And uh, first lady, good night. Yes. Good? I'm saying good night to somebody who just joined. Yes, yes. If there are any questions, I mean, we, we may be able to take a few questions before we wrap up because we don't have much time. Some of the fast people, well, we'll ask them I know, right? <laughs> <laughs> Becoming a dad. Uh, yes. At what age did you become a dad, if I may ask? Wow, I think it was like 24. And what was that? What was wow. that like? You know, listen, I grew up, you know, this is Jamaica, you know, and so when you pass 20, I get that a father where I come from, you know, people start saying, yo, where are you? And the pressure reach him. Like that pressure was there. But no, I'm not kind of the person that kind of, you know, um, <laughs> I'm not the kind of person that um, fall for the pressure like that. But um, when I when I, when my first my first child um, was coming, I was excited. To be honest, like I remember flying down from Chicago at the time because I was living in Chicago, and I flew to Florida, um, and I saw my child for the first time, and that was a life-changing experience for me uh, because I never grew up with my father, uh, my biological father. And I always said to myself that 
I, I would never leave my, my, my children. That was one of the one thing about I said. I made that promise early to myself, very, very early as a child. I remember that. Because I remember how that felt when you, you was in school and I saw kids with a real dad, you know, mother and father, real father. And I always, always wanted that. That was something that I, I know that I, I decided early. Um, and I know that when I flew, so when I made that trip, when I flew down to Florida and I signed, I was like, yo, this is a real, real person. <laughs> and that was it. Uh-huh. So 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 did you have to know no, you have that run. I didn't marry my first child, mom. Having had a had an affair, that's not so. Oh um, Diana is saying he married his first but child. People mom. Listen to that part and it hung on to that part. Okay. I, the, I still got married to the girl that I was going to Chicago to get married to. So I never I never I never cut that off. I got married. Because that's what I went to do. But the marriage didn't work because I decided to, to come home back to Jamaica to take care of my child and my wife at the time decided that. No, that mercy them in your business, Chris. Them in your business. I saw the story go. My wife decided that she did not want to come back to Jamaica um, to try and, you know, try and see if it could work. So we stayed stay me on. Uh, and yes, I returned to um, the mother of my child after. Um, at the time we were young people, so I, I didn't felt I didn't feel that um, I should have committed to that that girl at the time. We were both on a different path, um, and that's that, that was that. So yeah, we can go back to your interview, now, Mister. <laughs> Our guests are taking the spotlight. Um, yeah, fatherhood. Fatherhood is, is something, you know, that is, is very important. Being a father is great, Philip. Like, yeah. I, I don't know about anybody else, but it's greatest joys I've had in my life. Emotional joys, like heartstring joys. Like, if somebody could have feel how we feel, then when I hear, oh, you know, all the soundtrack we hear in a movie, like, oh, or, oh my God, well, this really is touching. I can't remember watching, I mean, I remember watching my, of my daughter being born, um, and I had my, my two other children, and I was actually in the room watching them. Oh, watching her being born? You were Yeah, man. Oh, wow. That's how my last boy being born. Um, Camila Fidele, you know what I mean? I'm the kind of father who do Lama's class, you know, who sit up with the woman before. Love it. Breathe Love it. <laughs> no, I'm that kind of daddy. You know, I'm that kind of daddy, you know. Nice. The woman got a breathing exercise, make sure so she got to all her doctor's appointments. Yeah. You you do look yeah. like that kind of dad. You do. Yeah, 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 yeah. right through, right through. We have to do the right through. Uh, because because that's what it's about, right? It's about making sure that you bond with this child from early, uh, and it works. You know, I, mean, I think I, I've tried to develop a good relationship with all my children, um, and I think it's important. So you leave yourself with them. I mean, that's that's the best you can do. There's no. Is there anything? Of, is there any experience that you've had with any of your children? That made you do a double take, like, mm, like you, you, you're just dumb. That just stopped you in your tracks. Was there anything that has ever oh, yeah. happened between you? See yourself in your children, that definitely gives you a double take kind of vibe. Like, I remember the first time watching my, my, my son, which is my, my firstborn son, do anything on TV. Like, he's your, because he's been a, in a commercial on TV. And I remember watching him thinking to myself, this is so surreal. Yeah. I looked at that. <laughs> I mean, it's all like I can it um, on him. Um, and every time he's into like performance mode, that's that's another time. Uh, he also does um, MMA fighting. He does time he does amateur taekwondo. And I remember watching him on the sidelines fight in an international tournament. Um, and he got gold in the tournament. Um, and I. Oh. I had to do a double take as I said, well, I have the, you know, I have his father. Yeah, I know, that pride, yeah. Yes, those moments are moments that you can't pay for. And mm -hmm. I, I always tell people that you only feel that if you're there. You, you only get that experience if mm -hmm. you're present. Um, and so I know that we're a little at a time when some parents can't be there, mm -hmm. but that's what I wanted. I wanted to feel that. Was there anything that you ever did on stage that would have taught you a lesson that you could now 
use in your life as a husband and as a father? Was there anything, every, anything at all, any experience? Absolutely. Absolutely. So practice becomes perfect. Ah. Ah. So, absolutely. So the more you practice at being um, a, a good husband, a good provider, a good father, um, the more, you, the more you, you, you try to spend and work on the muscle of that, is the better you become. So I remember when, because being a father and a parent can be very hard. Oh, yeah. Because um, especially if you're considered, if you're a serious provider and you want to provide the best for your family um, and you're a hard worker, mm-hmm. sometimes, you're, sometimes things you're working on things and it's not working out the way you want and you can't provide for your family at a particular time the way you'd like, that those times become very stressful. And sometimes that's the time when you perhaps need to invest more time in your family rather than staying away from them. Um, because that's the time when you need to practice to go through those hard times. Yes. Yes. Um, and, and, and share the journey with them too. Because you see, life, and it's an important life lesson for your children, we all want to live in a, have a great day every day. We'd all love to have a great day every day. Yeah. Just like the people in Beirut, in Beirut, Lebanon, they woke up wanting to have a great day. That oh, day. man. It's, 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 you see, so I try to tell my children, sometimes there are going to be bad days. Because yeah. bad, days, bad days are a part of life. Right. You know, um, right. hearing no is a part of life. Yeah, and certainly the stage that are prepared for that because some nights are better than other nights. You know, some nights you don't feel some up to it. Some nights are terrible. Let's but tell the truth. Some nights are terrible. Terrible. Some yeah, man. And you have to go up there. And you have to go there and you have to deliver the same way. You don't hit the mark. Some nights you're sick. Some nights everybody's off. Chemistry's off. Yes. Is off. Yes. And some nights you have to tear down the place. The same lines, the same movements. Yeah. You're going after the same character. Different audience and face tear up. Absolutely. So, the, the, so and, and it teaches some things about with people. So sometimes the same crowd when I when I'm real fear the same crowd when I boo you. Know? Oh yeah, <laughs> yeah man. That's a one life journey. May I tell you, say, may I tell you, you know, that's something that come home to me every day, Philip. When you go on the stage, you will get a round of applause, and there are times when the same people are gonna say, mm, mm, mm-hmm. I don't know about the one. <laughs> I don't know about that. Mm-mm. No, Philip, I don't think so. You know, so you don't get the same kind of support. Before the time done, yes. I'm going to tell you, do the free interview, I'm going to talk about my business. Absolutely. So somebody in the chat said, explain Johnny's in the background there. Right. So I'm doing this interview inside Johnny's place, which is, I call it a creative hub, a space for creatives. Because I'm a crazy person. I must be the only crazy person who's trying to open a physical theater, mini theater space, slash any kind of multi-purpose um, activity. At like this time. At this time. Mm. But I decided that this was going to be my project. You know, I saw a lot of people doing gardens. And, and this might be a pretty expensive project to do. But I also decided that I was not going to let COVID stop me. I was not going to allow COVID to win. Push through. No, I was not going to let COVID win. I said to myself, this is a challenge. This is a, this is a challenge. Um, and either we're going to buckle to it mm-hmm. and go in our shell, mm-hmm. or we are going to say, no, never fight this. I never beat COVID. I never beat that time. Yeah? I'm Absolutely. From a time when I'm going to talk about it and say, you remember when we broke and still I try to work on a place, yeah? And there were rough days. And we couldn't find this. And we couldn't find that. But we accomplished it. That's what this place is like for me. So it's, it's really a creative space where I expect productions like plays, um, stand-up comedy, dance, bands. We've already had a, a band in here that can hold on the full stage. That's photo shoots, shoot, video shoots, any photo shoot, video shoots. It was a video online shoot. And I'm excited that we can provide a space also for people who want to do online productions 
because the bandwidth here is a is a very is a, is a special bandwidth that I have, um, and it's a it's an excellent excellent uh, venue, right. I believe, um, for creatives to just come and feel free. You know, I'm I'm working on my bar area now so that people can come and chill and you can nice. have a reason, just like go having a reason. Right nice. Now. Um, and so and you, also mentioned, you also mentioned you also mentioned it can be used as space for performance coaching, like what I do. Absolutely. So I'm I'm inviting all creatives of all genres of all types. So if you're if you're a part of the production side and you want to put on a production, please feel free. If you play an instrument and you feel one day that you you want to teach a class and you're looking for a space, I'm saying here we we are here. How many persons does about. how many persons does it seat? Seated fully, um, you know, outside of COVID time, you could put 140 chairs down in here, theater style. Okay. Um, but during COVID time, I think the number that we're down to is about 60. Okay, nice. Yeah, everything, Bobby, dance, poetry. I mean, literally, I, I even want visual artists to feel it. Is that, is that Bobby Finsey Smith? That is Bobby Smith, yes. Good day, sir. Welcome, welcome. My supporters are... I love it, I love it. So we, we, we're almost out of time. So, Johnny, there's one yes, question sir. I'd like to ask my guests, you know, because I am somebody, you know, I'm an educator and I mean, you know, I really support young people. If you had to say one thing, one thing to a young person listening to you right now, what would that be? Don't be afraid. Mm. Don't allow fear to stop you from doing it. And I, I we're talking something passionate and positive here. We're talking yeah. about life. Yes. Something that you know will impact your life. Yeah. Whatever it is that you know you need to do, whatever exams you need to do, whatever institution you're aiming to go to, whatever audition you think you should do or have been avoiding, stop it. Like, you're young, you have the time to fail. It's hmm. okay. Yeah, but people don't think failure is... It's okay. It's, it's no, but, but it's because okay no, if fail. they fail, their parents are going to put them out. They're going to young beat people, them. They're going to tell them you're no good. This, Philip, young people need to understand that is it's in the failure. It is in the journey when you actually, that's where the lesson is. I have failed at many things. And so when you know that there's, when, you, when you're working on something and you fail at it, and you're passionate about it, the lessons learned on the way mm -hmm. are those stepping stones that you're going to step on to go to a next level for the next time. You know, a lot of things I failed at years ago, I have no master that, so I'm now moving on to different things. And it's, it's in the trying and the doing that you get better at it. Stop mm -hmm. procrastinating. I'm seeing too many young people procrastinate just talk about what they want to do. You know, stop talking about it. Yeah. Go after it. You know, I've never wanted to do something so passionately that I didn't try to do it. Mm -hmm. And all my friends can tell you, but if you know me and I've said it, if you know me good and I said to you, I'm going to do something. It's going to get done. Yeah, Yeah. This boy, this Aries boy, the bad, you know, the 70s, Miss, 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 yeah, my, yeah, her little boy, go and get it done. Because that's what I say I want to do. Absolutely. Bobby's saying, no one lives with you 24 hours a day but you. Exactly. Yeah. No, man, I, exactly. Big up Denny, my friend from primary school days, who is now a winning, winning because of her, her drive and her dedication to try. You know, I, I don't see enough people trying. Yeah. And that's what I'm saying. Stop. I love, I don't allow fear to keep you from trying. Give yourself a chance. Yeah. Yeah. And don't and don't 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 consider what people are gonna say, you know, the naysayers. You just you know, have to live you. Like, listen, I have had to wear blinkers on many projects. I've been called like Noah, a madman. So 
you cannot listen to that. Noah was a madman. You know, so, so if I tell people all the time, if you're, if, you're, if you're not a Christian, still read the Bible. Those stories in there are gems. Yeah. Absolutely. Johnny. You Johnny Christopher yes, Dilly, you were <laughs> fabulous tonight. You were great. I mean, I totally enjoyed every bit of the conversation. Bossy, you know, you feel proud. I remember the first time we had a play together. Um, it was so hilarious. Um, I was playing what? A pastor coming from out of the um the the, the, the plane, and you were an immigration officer. So I was carrying a, 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 a dildo in a box for a <laughs> for a, a, a higla because she never have no room. So I put it under my gown and when it co it, it protrude. <laughs> so when Johnny, when I reach up to Johnny, no, Johnny was under the desk. I think you were under the, the desk, you know, looking for something. And then when you get up and you see the thing, I protrude right under the desk. <laughs> Pastor, you all right? <laughs> Yo, you remember, you remember the, the play we did? Uh, I think it was a review uh, for... Uh, big up, uh, big, big up, big up, big up, all the Mobile family. Yeah, man, and big up Douglas Sprout. Douglas Sprout, big up Douglas Sprout. And we had the scene, and there were the three, oh, oh, there were four hours to look for the, the bench. Yes! And, and one man said, one man said, boy, Mr. Breastman, you know. Yes! And Alex man said, boy, I met the level of the ladies, they met the two, but he's a, he's a legs man, you know, yes. like legs, you know, the ladies, they're like, like, Alex man stood up and said, yeah, man, I told him, you know, but for me, you know, I'm like, you know, I don't know, I don't know, legs, but like, now the breast, you know, I'm like, I'm like some tall neck, him like neck, I think, and Alex man stood up and said, yeah, I'm full, man, he's a full of body, like, like, yeah. the whole place, like, every night. Yes, that means it's a body, man. He was a... It was a tremendous response. Oh, I'm telling you, people ran out of the people ran out of the theater that night. People ran out of the theater that night. Run out of the theater. Yeah, what? When they think about it, I the person mind me never run the theater. No. There you go. There you go. There you go. Johnny, Johnny, thank you so much. It was it was good being here, ladies and gentlemen. So we're talking to Chris Johnny daily, and we shared so much about lessons learned in life on off stage and johnny you, you met my night full tonight so thank well, you guys I want to thank you for this wonderful opportunity to join you and of course your viewers and your followers thanks everybody who came over to the interview and remember that johnny's place is here our email address is johnnylifeproductions at gmail.com if you're interested in coming and you know just Looking at the place, no problem. Johnny Live Productions at gmail.com. Philip Clark, thank you so much. Take it easy. All the best. We'll talk. <laughs>